of the Lord tonight. Uh, we're going to open up with a word of prayer tonight. I don't have any prayer cards that were shared with us, so make sure that you grab your bulletin and get the prayer list that's on there, uh, and let's be praying for those that are there. Uh, there's a few that we do need to be lifting up with Chloe Rochester and those that are recovering from surgery, so please lift those up. Uh, but tonight we're just going to open up with a word of prayer, ask the Lord to bless us here in our, 
our service, and I'm going to ask Daryl to come around, open us up in prayer, and then open us up in Hey, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've blessed us with, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the time that we had in your house this morning. We thank you for your spirit that we felt, Lord. We thank you for the ones that responded, come to the altar, and got help. Lord, I pray that if there's any here today, tonight, that need help, Father, need encouragement, need a, just a special touch from you, that, Lord, uh, you're, you're ready and you're waiting, arms open wide. I pray that they will just surrender to you, God. Lord, I pray that you will help us to worship you tonight here in spirit and in truth. Father, to help us to sing your praises, Father, because you alone are worthy of it. Lord, I pray that you'll be with the preaching tonight. Lord, I pray that it will be exactly what we need, that we may be able to leave here tonight and, and go to our jobs, go to our school, wherever we go throughout the week, Lord, we might be a light that shines bright for you and that we might be able to lift you high, uh, Father, and exalt you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Come thou fount, page 190. Everybody stand. This last verse. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and Seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Amen. You may be seated.
children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are providing now. You are the same God. You are the same
a basic kind of grace for forgiveness set a price I could Jesus. Couldn't get much better than that. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be in the house of the Lord tonight, and um, I am looking forward to preaching tonight. I, I, I must say, though, I'm coming in a little, just a little apprehensively uh, to, to bring the message tonight. Uh, I've been working on this sermon for a long time, as, as everybody knows I'm in the book of Isaiah, and um, we, we've been going through somewhat methodically through uh, different parts of Isaiah, not verse by verse or even chapter by chapter, but uh, we've been moving along through it. And so when I got to chapter number 38, uh, and that's where we're going to be tonight, so you can turn to Isaiah chapter number 38. We're going to begin reading in verse number 1, uh, and we're going to read down through and including verse number 8. Uh, but... But when I got to studying this, uh, I realized that 
it might take me a little more effort to really explain it and uh, to bring it out uh, th than I would like to. I, I, I like to just, you know, cut loose and let her go. I, I mean, uh, when I preach, I like to read the, uh, read the passage and then refer to it two or three times as we're going through and break down a few things and just preach. But to be honest, if we're going to understand chapter number 38, we've got we've to kind of look at a couple of other places too. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, you know, like I say, a little apprehensive because I, I, I don't want to get bogged down in uh, and deep explanations. Uh, but at the same time, I really want you to understand what Isaiah is trying to get across to us. Because if we can get it, it's really, really powerful. It's really beautiful. Uh, but if we get bogged down in the weeds, you know, uh, you remember playing baseball when you were a kid and, you know, the sort of the sandlot ball and you had all the tall grass out, you know, in the outfield and uh, somebody really hit a good one and you'd spend the rest of the day looking for your one and only baseball. You remember uh, doing that because it got lost in the weeds. I don't want us to get lost in the weeds tonight. So try to stay with me as much as you can, and I'll try to be as clear as, uh, as I possibly can be, and uh, hopefully we'll get, we'll get through this and understand it and understand what the Lord would have us to learn from Isaiah 38 tonight. So if you found Isaiah 38 verse 1, stand with us please in honor of the reading of the word of God. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I've seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city, and this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he hath spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz ten degrees backward. So the sun returned ten degrees by which degrees it was gone down. Dear Lord, we pray you'd help us in the understanding of the word of God tonight. We pray that uh, we might draw from its truth things that might help us in our daily walk as Christians. And even if there's someone here tonight, Lord, who's struggling with salvation, afraid to die because they're not sure they're prepared, they're not ready to meet God. Lord, we pray that they would do even as Isaiah instructed Hezekiah, that they would tonight set their house in order, that they would be prepared to meet their God. So speak to us, we pray, and we'll be careful to give you the praise well, we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. 
Now, this is a really, really interesting passage of Scripture uh, because we have, high, have two things in these few verses that are extremely unique. Number one, we have Hezekiah who is told that he's going to die, and lo and behold... Well, lo and behold, the word of God comes to Isaiah after Hezekiah has prayed and asked God to deliver him. Then he tells Isaiah, go back to Hezekiah and tell him you're going to add to him 15 years. So that is outrageously unique. Uh, you know, this is very, uh, very different indeed from what we would normally expect to find in the scripture. But then we have something else. He says to him, he says, not only... Not only am I going to add to your years 15 years or to your days 15 years of your life, but also I'm going to deliver the city of Jerusalem. I'm going to deliver Zion and to, to make sure that you know that I'm going to do what I have said I'm going to do, I'm going to bring the sundial uh, up, at, uh, up at Ahaz's house, up at the king's place. I'm going to have the sundial return by 10 degrees. In other words, as the sun was setting, uh, I'm going to bring it back 10 degrees. So it's going to be 10 degrees earlier than it was before. So these are pretty unique things that are being said uh, in these passages of Scripture. But I tell you what's even more strange to me when I started reading this. I mean, after all, I grew up in church and I grew up with a father that was a pastor and a grandfather that was a pastor and uncles that were pastors and I heard Hezekiah uh, preached on and I heard about the fact that he was going to die and uh, that he prayed and that God added 15 years. But what I, what I never really realized until I started studying the scriptures carefully for myself is what comes before Isaiah chapter number 38. So in Isaiah chapter number 38, the Bible says that God tells uh, Isaiah, you go down there and you tell uh, Hezekiah that he's going to die and not live, that it is time and for him to set his house in order and, uh, and, and th that's what's going to take place. And he comes back and then you know the story, he goes back and he tells him, he says, you're, uh, you're going to live and not only are you going to live, but I'm going to deliver Jerusalem. Well, if you read chapter 36 and 37, you would know that Jerusalem has already been delivered. Amen? Jerusalem's already, you, you know, you, if, if you've read all of the book of Isaiah, which I have many, many times, uh, then you come to realize that what he is saying to Hezekiah went at the time of his death, what he's saying to him is, hey, I'm going to deliver Jerusalem, but in 36 and 37, Jerusalem's already been delivered from the hand of the king of Syria. That is exactly what's happened. So let's take a look and see if we can kind of figure out a little bit about what's going on. Turn with me, if you would, back to 2 Kings chapter number 18, and we're going to read the first three verses. You just say, well, I don't understand what you're uh, talking about here, but you, hopefully you will. Turn back with me to 2 Kings 2 Kings chapter number 18 and verses 1 through uh, 3. 2 Kings 18, and I'm in 1 Kings, so let's get to 2 Kings. Here we go. 2 Kings chapter number 18, verses 1 through 3. And notice what he says here. He says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, notice what he says, began to reign. 
20 and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and nine years in Jerusalem. Okay, now let's just stop there for a minute. So, I mean, the book of Isaiah is telling us what happened to Hezekiah when he got sick unto death. And then when we turn over to the book of Second Kings, we find out that he took the throne, and he took the throne when he was 25 years old, and he ruled, now just stay with me for the math, so he ruled for 29 years. That would have made him, if my calculations are correct, that would have made him 54 years old when he died. Is that right? All right, so we got that. So he's 54 years old when he died. Now, turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 36. I told you we was going to have to look back a little bit. Isaiah chapter number 36 and verse number 1. Now, it came to pass in the 14th year of Hezekiah that, now, let me get this right. The 14th year of King Hezekiah, that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the defense cities of Judah and took them. Okay, so let's get this right. So, here we go. This is when the king of Syria, of Assyria, came up and took the defense cities of Judah, not Jerusalem, but the defense cities of Judah, and then in chapter number 37, it's going to tell us that he took all these defense cities. As a matter of fact, flip over there with me, if you would, to chapter number 37. And notice what it says in verse number 14. And Hezekiah received a letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel that dwellest between the cherubims, thou art God, even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Incline thine ear, O Lord, and hear. Open thine eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear all the words of of Sennacherib, which hath sent to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laced waste all the nations and their countries, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood, stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, even thou only. Then Isaiah the son of Amos said unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, whereas thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee, and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. What is he saying? He's saying that you're supposed to go and tell the king of Assyria, God is laughing at you, and the nation of Israel will eventually shake their head at you at what you've tried to do. Now look at verse number uh, 33. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return. He shall not come into this city. That's the city of Jerusalem, saith the Lord. For I will defend the city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then the angel of the Lord went forth 
and smote and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. That's a hundred and eighty-five thousand warriors. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. <laughs> so what did the king of Assyria do? Well, the king of Assyria just packed up and left. That's what he did. He just went home because he didn't have enough army left to fight the, the nation of Israel. So what, is, what am I getting at? Well, I want you to notice something. Let's go back to our math. So when, when Hezekiah is 39 years old, that is when the, na uh, the nation of Assyria and their armies come down upon him. He's 39 years old. He's going to live to be 54 years old. You remember that? 54, he's going to live to be 54 years old. Now, God is going to add 15 years to his life. So how old is he when God adds 15 years to his life? He wouldn't be older. He's going to add 15 years to his life. And he dies at 54. So how old is he when God adds 15 years to his life? 39, thank you very much. We have a math student in the class. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. So now, I want you to think about this. At 39 years old is when the first battles begin to take. He's 39 years old, and the first battles are beginning to take place from Assyria in the cities around Jerusalem. That's when those battles begin to take. And how old is he when, when, he, when he pleads to God to give him 15 more years? He's 39 years old. So what I want you to understand is, if you've ever seen a movie with a flashback, or if you've ever read a book or a novel with a flashback, that is exactly what you have in chapter number 38. We're going back. How do you know? Well, but he told us. <laughs> he told us how old he was. And he told us how much longer he was going to live. And he said, God told him, you're going to... Now, I want, the first thing I want you to understand is, God knew what he was going to do before he ever started. Okay? God knew exactly what he was going to do before he ever started. That's why he gave us chapter 36 and 37 and explained all of this. Number one, about the age of Hezekiah. Number two, about when the armies came in. He laid all that groundwork. And then when he got to number 38, we're supposed to understand that God already knows where this is going. And then he tells Isaiah, Isaiah, I want you to go down there. I want you to tell Hezekiah that he's going to die and not live. So Isaiah goes down there and he says, Hezekiah, I hate to tell you this, but, but God told me to tell you to set your house in order. You're going to die and not live. So what did Hezekiah do? Did he put on sackcloth and ashes and, uh, and, uh, and give up and lay down and say, this is it? No, he turned, the Bible said he turned his face to the wall and he began to pray. Now, that's interesting, too. Why do you suppose the Bible says that he turned his face against the wall? The, the concept here is the idea. I hate to put it this way, but um, when, when I was small, and you really misbehaved at school, 
then two things might happen to you. Three. One, you might get sent to the principal's office. Then it was really serious. But you might get, a, you might get one or two whacks with the paddle. I know that you can't believe that would take place in public school, but believe me, I got them on a regular basis. You might get one or two tack, uh, whacks with the paddle. Or they might make you stand in the corner. Anybody ever have to stand in the corner? <laughs> yeah, okay. You have to go stand in the corner. So you're, you're, you're facing the wall. You can, you're, you're, you know, you're not able to see everything else that's around you. Well, the concept here of him turning his face to the wall means that he cut everybody else off. He put himself in a corner or in a closet or in a private place. And when he got to that private place, he wept sore before God and he prayed and he said, God, deliver me. So God knew, first of all, that Hezekiah was going to pray. Amen? God knew that Hezekiah was going to pray. Not only did God know that he was going to pray, but he also knew that he was going to answer his prayer. He was going to tell Isaiah, Isaiah, I want you to go down there and tell him that I've heard his prayer. I've heard his prayer. Now, if he hadn't prayed, God wouldn't have heard it. And if God hadn't heard his prayer, he wouldn't have lived. But God knew he was going to pray. And Hezekiah did pray. And, uh, and so Isaiah sent him down there. Uh, well, God sent Isaiah down there and said, you tell him he's going to live and not die. But you got to remember... Jerusalem, what happened in chapter 36 and 37 hasn't happened yet. This is a flashback. So this is happening before Assyria is, made, is ready to make a move on Jerusalem. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important for several reasons. The first thing I want you to notice is this. Notice what happens here. He says in verse number 4, Then came the word of the Lord uh, to Isaiah, saying, go, to, go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord God of David, Thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Now notice what he says next. And this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he hath spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees, and this is important, which is gone down in the sundial of Ahab, ten degrees backward. If you want to know what ten degrees backward means, he means that I'm going to add 40 minutes to the day at Ahaz's house. Ahaz is going to, he can go down there and check his, uh, his sundial, and when he comes back, it's, it's going to appear, to 40 minutes later, it's going to appear to not have moved. If he waits two hours, he's going to come back, and he's going to say, what has happened? It's, it's earlier than I th ever thought it could possibly be. Uh, he's going to move the sundial back 40 minutes. You say, how did God do that? I, I don't know. I don't know how God did it. I don't. Did he, did he make the earth go backwards? I, I, I don't know. Did he, did he cause the earth to stop? I, I, I don't know. Did, how did he do it? I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know this. He did it. He did it. There are some things that we have to accept by faith because God is bigger than we are. I don't know how God did it. 
I don't, I, and you know what? I, now look, I hate to say this, and I hate to be, be this way about it, but at this point in my life, I really don't care how he did it. You, I mean, I guess that sounds cruel-hearted. But I mean, I suppose when I was in my 20s, I might have studied this out for months and months and, and, and fretted over this and read all kinds of scientific stuff. But you know what? I have found out that I can trust God. I can trust Him. And if He said He did it, He did it. I don't have to, you, you say, well, uh, let me prove it to you that God did this. You don't have to prove that God did this. By the way, just try to prove that he didn't do it. Amen. You know, just, just uh, don't, don't try to prove, I'm not trying to prove that God did anything. If God said it, I believe it and I have confidence in God. God has answered my prayers. God has been with me through the valley. God has taken me to the mountaintop. God has uh, gifted me to uh, have so many wonderful blessings that I never deserved. God has been so much better to me than I could ever have deserved. God has proved himself to me time and time and time and time again. I don't need God to prove himself anymore. I can just trust him. If God said that he did it, he did it. The interesting thing though is apparently he didn't do it just for Hezekiah because he didn't do it at Hezekiah. Hezekiah's a king. Amen. Hezekiah, he lives in a palace. He, he's in Jerusalem. He, he, has a, uh, he has a company uh, all around him. He has an entourage. Why did he go out there in, in Hezekiah's garden where Hezekiah's sundial was? And bring it back. I'll tell you exactly why. Because he, he knew that Hezekiah was going to trust him. And he was going to prove to Ahab that he's God. God knows what he's doing. God, God, and, and, that, and that's why he laid this out the way he did. He told, he told Hezekiah he was going to die, knowing that Hezekiah was going to pray, knowing that he was going to tell him he was going to add to his life 15 more years, knowing that he is going to take the lives of 185,000 soldiers from the army of Assyria, knowing that he's going to protect Jerusalem, knowing that he's going to prove again to the nations of the world that God, Jehovah, is the Lord creator of heaven and earth. You can trust the Lord. You can, and, and you know what? I, I think that is the great story here, is you can trust the Lord. Hezekiah, Hezekiah was, uh, he had no idea how great a thing it was going to be, what God was going to do in his life. He had he had no clue just how great God was going to reveal himself. So before he can ever even, before uh, the king of Assyria can ever even begin to move on Jerusalem, God is answering Hezekiah's prayer, moving the sun down. Let me tell you, there's one other thing I want to make mention of here. If God makes you a promise, or if God has given us a promise in the Word of God, or if God has told us He's going to do a certain thing, then God is going to do it. Amen? God is going to do it. Listen, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, let me just give you one for instance. I believe with all of my heart 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of eschatology. I've studied it, and I, and I've even preached on it. I preached on it a whole lot more when I was younger. But I've preached on the second coming. I've preached on the uh, the Battle of Armageddon. I've preached on the uh, thousand year reign. I've preached on the seven years of tribulation from this pulpit many times. I've preached on it. I've proclaimed it, and I, and I've told all about it. But let me tell you something. There's something that I'm absolutely sure of, and that is that one day. One day, my Savior, Jesus Christ, is going to sit on the throne of his father David in Jerusalem and rule this planet. I know it. How do you know it? Well, because God said it. How do I, uh, now, uh, I, I, I've been very dogmatic about my eschatology in the past, and I still believe what I believe. But I'm telling you, I might not have all of the ins and outs and every little you know, thing figured out, but the one thing I know is he promised that he was going to come back to this earth and that he was going to return physically, visibly, bodily back to this earth, and he was going to be my king, and he was going to rule from Jerusalem, on the throne of his father David and I know that to be true. I know it. And when I read this passage of scripture from Hez, uh, about Hezekiah in the book of Isaiah, my, my favorite Old Testament book, my favorite prophet of the Old Testament, and I read it and I read it and I read it and I read it, you know what I find out? God's going to do what God said he would do if he has to literally move heaven and earth to do it. I think that's why I turned the sundial back. If, if God has to move heaven and earth to save your soul from hell and destruction, that's what he'll do. If it, if, if it takes God if it takes God stopping the sun, if it takes God removing the planet, whatever it takes for God to deliver us from our sin and from destruction in hell, whatever it takes, God will do it because God will never fail on his promise. And he said, Hezekiah, not only am I going to give you 15 more years, but I'm going to deliver your city. As you prayed. As a matter of fact, I think when we go back, and we're not going to take the time tonight, although I would love to do it. But if you go back and you read what happens back in chapter 36 and 37, and especially that prayer that Hezekiah prays when he goes out before the Lord. I'm not talking about the one to spare his life. I'm talking about the prayer where he prays that God would deliver Jerusalem, that he would deliver, uh, that he would deliver Judah uh, from, uh, from the army of the Assyrians. When he goes in and prays that prayer, I believe he's already heard about the sundial. I believe his life has already been extended. And I believe Hezekiah goes in with more faith than he's ever had in all his life. He's like the faith of Abraham walking down off the mountain uh, with... Uh, uh, with his son Isaac uh, right by his side, uh, knowing that God has heard him and God has revealed himself in an unmistakable way. Amen? You ought, to, you ought to write some things down in your life. Amen? If you felt you were in a situation that was in an impossible situation, you went to God in prayer and somehow, some way, God answered that prayer and turned that situation around. You need to write it down. 
You need to write it down. Write it in your Bible. Write it in the back, in the front, in the flyleaf, in the margin. Write it in a diary. Write it in a journal. Uh, write it on the wall if you have to. But write it down. And then when you get weak and broken, and your faith begins to run thin, you can go back and you can read that that you wrote and say, I remember, I know God's able now because I remember what God did then. As a matter of fact, when I was reading this, I almost felt like, uh, I, almost felt like uh, I was Hezekiah myself saying, God, I know you're going to answer my prayer. You see, we're reading the prayer before we find out what happened to Hezekiah when we read his prayer to save Jerusalem. We're reading that prayer before we know. But now we know what God already did for Hezekiah. Now we can understand why he had so much faith. And he just went in there and spread it out before the Lord and said, Lord, I, I'm calling on you. I got this message. Uh, they sent me this message. They, they say they're going to destroy the city. They say they're going to take Judah. But oh God, I know you're able. Lord, I'm alive today because you extended my life. Lord, I'm here now, and I remember the sundial. Lord, I know you're able. Remind yourself. That's what Hezekiah did. I believe it with all of my heart. Hezekiah went back. Maybe it was just a few months. Uh, most people believe it was probably about an 18-month period between the, the time that God extended his life and the time he spread out uh, his, because all of the cities around Jerusalem had already been taken by then. And that's when he went into the Lord. So he had had 18 months since then. I don't know if it was 18 months. I don't know if it was six months. I don't know if it was a year. I don't know if it was 15 minutes. But what I do know that Hezekiah went in in faith. He believed God. And because he believed God, his nation was spared. Amen. Because he believed God, his nation was spared. You fearful for your family? Believe God, your family can be spared. Amen? You got that lost loved one, you're afraid they're going to die without Christ and slip off into, a, uh, into an eternity with no hope, with no joy, all, 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 only hell to, uh, to be uh, found when they die. You keep praying for them and you keep trusting God because you might just be able to save that one in your family, that one in your community, that one you love. He had faith because he had faith in his prayer as he went before God, he saved his nation. You know what's amazing to me is, if you read this story, not, it's not Isaiah's prayer that saves the nation. Hezekiah. Oh, we know all about the greatness of Isaiah. We know what a great prophet he is. We know how far in the future he could see. Well, I've talked about all of those things, about those marvelous gifts that God gave Isaiah. But here in this story, it wasn't Isaiah that moved the hand of God. It was Hezekiah. Hezekiah moved the hand of God with his prayers. You might say, well, look at that great man of God. Look at that wonderful woman of God. Look at that marvelous family living for God. I could never do that. Hezekiah might have felt the same way until he saw the sundial, until he saw the sundial go backwards, until he saw his life extended and his faith welled up in him. 
And he went in and prayed for a nation. Prayed for a city. God answered his prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to bring the message tonight. I pray that you'd touch us with its truth. Lord, I, I know it took a little while to get where we were going. But it sure was good to get there. And see your hand at work. And see your power manifested. And see your people respond in faith unto thee. Lord, I look around our country today and Lord, sometimes I shake my head. Sometimes I fear it's growing awfully late. But Lord, I believe there's still hope. There's still hope for our lost loved ones. There's still hope for our community. There's still hope for our children and our grandchildren. Oh dear God, where's hope? Lord, we come to you in faith. We say, oh God, save us. Save us from our iniquity. Save us from our sins. Save us from ruin. Save us from our enemies. Oh God, we know you're able. We've seen your hand at work. We've seen your power demonstrated. Lord, we're lifting up our voice. And we're praying and we're saying, God, save your people, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Let's stand together. When I see the sunrise in the morning, when I